welcome to the Combinations Podcast, the podcast from North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare NHS Trust. And today we have an insight to a member of staff who has an amazing story about how he got into the world of CBT. He also explains later on in the podcast how he came to terms with a diagnosis of autism and how it was a massive relief for him. And he has taken his autism and turned it into something positive by taking neurodiversity and making sure that the trust know about it and is supported by all. So with that said, please enjoy our exclusive interview with Benjamin Ford. So I'm Benjamin Ford and I'm a high intensity therapist within the Stoke Wellbeing Service um, and I provide cognitive behavioural therapy to people with mild to moderate mental health problems. I was working in Job Centre Plus on a program called Pathways to Work. And in that program, uh, I was working along, so this was in Derbyshire, I was working alongside people from the, uh, with the National Health Service um, on the condition management program. Now that comprised of physical health um, issues, so we had um, health psychologists who were looking after mental health issues uh, with, with physical health problems. We had um, cardiovascular uh, experts, and we also had, for anxiety and depression, we had cognitive behavioural therapists, which is where I first came across cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, I became fascinated in this. I saw how people could make a dramatic change over a fairly short period of time, um, from being somewhat depressed to being actually enthusiastic and, and really thinking about going back to work. Um, the, for me, it was the pleasure of seeing those people make that dramatic change. And I thought this CBT stuff's pretty good. So I talked to one of the CBT therapists that was working alongside, um, and they were really, really supportive. They encouraged me to take up a counseling program, um, a, a counseling course, which I did at night school um, at, at the local college, um, funded for by the civil service, which was very good. Um, and I was keeping an eye out for the uh, development of IAPT, the Inter Improving Access to Psychological Therapies, that is the service that I work for now, the Wellbeing, Stoke Wellbeing Service. And I'd, I'd seen all the movements. My colleagues, the CBT colleagues, were again really supportive. And I managed to get into the second year of rollout in the, in the Northwest and I started with the Cheshire and Will Partnership Foundation Trust and I was with them for a year while I trained to be a psychological wellbeing practitioner and I went to Manchester University to do that. It was a struggle. I didn't know about my autism then um, and I found this study quite difficult but I did get through and then after that first year I hooked up again with the CBT colleagues that, uh, that I've been working with in the, um, in the job centre and uh, they encouraged me to go across to Stoke to, to see where one of my other CBT colleagues was working and running the then uh, run by Rethink service in, in Stoke um, and they encouraged me to, uh, to jump ship so I then, I then joined the third sector but we were providing service to the NHS um, and I've been there ever since through all the different iterations and now currently the Stoke Wellbeing Service. So I came across to Stoke in uh, 2009, sept uh, yeah, September 2009. The Cognitive Behavioural Therapy um, looks at 
when somebody has a mental health problem, it will have some, several components. But we break it down basically to a triggering event. So where are we? What's happening? Who's there? What's happened? And have a look at the, the thinking that, that, that uh, comes as a result of that triggering event. So that's the cognitions. And we also look at the subsequent, uh, we look at the emotional state that that generates. So that might be anxiety, um, or it might be a depressive state, lack of motivation, etc. And then we look at the subsequent behaviours. So with somebody experiencing an anxiety problem, they might be very avoidant, might want to escape situations such as a, a supermarket if they have a panic attack, want to get out. If they're depressed, they're highly likely to be experiencing lack of motivation, feeling very down, quite miserable. It, it's awful. Um, and they become, they just become locked into that sort of uh, mental state. So our job is to, to help that person understand all of the different components, so the triggering situation, the cognitive elements, and how their behaviours are maintaining the problem that they've got, and give them some psychological tools to help them overcome those problems. So they, they, they have some understanding of how anxiety works, how depression works, and we give them the psychological tools that helps them overcome those problems. So we act as a sort of signpost, a guide along the, on the, along the journey to recovery, essentially. So the Pathways to Work project was a project designed to help people uh, transition from being receiving sickness benefits to, to getting back into work. Um, we were one of, in, in Derbyshire, we were one of six pilot areas in the country and it happened that the model that we chose uh, was to use cognitive behavioural therapy as the mental health um, component of the condition management program. Now this wasn't a compulsory program for anyone, it was, it, it was um, very much uh, carrot rather than stick. Um, people were offered that program if, they, if we thought that it would help them um, improve uh, and uh, give them the opportunity of thinking about a different future. So uh, I wasn't working directly in the NHS, the NHS were part of the overall program but the CBT therapists were, were coming into our office and I was listening to, to what they were saying to me. Uh, they were giving me advice and guidance as to what I could say to the, the, the people that I was working with, um, the, 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 the people who were getting the benefits basically as they came into the offices. So, so, and I worked with those people for a, a period of time. The CBT therapists, if they went for the CBT, would also be working with them. They'd come into the office, have a meeting, do a CBT session with them and I'd also be um, working with that person perhaps on a different day. Um, but there was a lot of exchange of ideas etc. Um, and it was just, just really seeing that change, that transition in people was really, really good. Um, that project, I was, I was in that project for about six years. Um, at, and in that time I developed sort of, you know, improved interviewing skills etc, enhanced interviewing skills. So it gave me a lot of additional information, plus I learnt loads around mental health which was fantastic because I was, you know, was pretty well prepared when I, went to, when I jumped ship to come to the, the NHS. It was the fascination with the, with the change that could be obtained with somebody using CBT. So that was the kind of key, that was the thing that I was drawn to. And I, I knew about the, this, the developing IAPT programme, the Improving Access to Psychological Therapies. I was well aware of how people were being failed on a daily basis 
by going to their GPs, the GPs would say, here's some medication, off you go, I'll put you on the list for the community mental health team. 12 months later, they, they'd go to the community mental health team and the community mental health team would say, well, you're not psychotic, you haven't got bipolar disorder, you're not ill enough for us to treat, off you go back to the GP. So there was this revolving door thing happening all the time. We were only, we were the, the only setup really that was offering any kind of help and support to people. And I thought if, you know, if this was, if everybody could get some of this, it would be fantastic, which is of course what was happening in the background. And in fact, a lot of the ideas for IAPT came from the Pathways to Work projects. And in fact, the same people that were involved, actually some of them set up the, the, the Rethink projects around the country, which of course have now become NHS run projects. So my, my involvement with people that were working for the NHS, specifically delivering CBT as part of the uh, Pathways to Work programme, that really infused me. I was really encouraged by you know, what we could do with people. And I was well aware that people weren't getting access to that through their GPs, through the community mental health teams. But the Pathways to Work project really was the was where a lot of the ideas for improving access to psychological therapies came from and, and the NHS were involved in that project and really that became work that the NHS then took on and expanded into the improving access to psychological therapy. So then I was drawn into working for the NHS. It was just an obvious transition for me. Um, Pathways to Work is now finished, but I'm here, still here with the improving access to psychological ther therapies. Well, CBT isn't for everybody, has to be said. Sometimes counselling and other modalities of therapy are more relevant or pertinent to that person. But for a person that for, for whom CBT can work, um, it, 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 it's a, it can have some dramatic results. Um, I've certainly seen many, many patients over the years that I've been working that have been very down, depressed, highly anxious, not functioning very well at all. And at the end of 12, sometimes 16 weeks of working with that person, they've got a much better understanding of the problems that they've been facing, why they've been feeling the way that they have, and they've got the tools, they've made a dramatic recovery. You know, we do get, in our service, we do get letters from people saying what a massive difference it's made to them. And it's clearly visible, and, and we are measured, we, we, um, we have to provide, we're measured every time we have a session with somebody. We, we, uh, we, we ask questionnaires which give us a, an outcome as to how they're doing. And we can see the improvements. I can't say it works for everybody. You know, there are, there are, I wouldn't call them failures. They just haven't worked that time. It might not be the right time and place for that person. They can come back to us when they're ready. But the, but, but the vast majority of people make you know, really good improvements. And, it, and, and actually, for me, that, that's, that's what I love about the job. It is seeing that, that, how people can get better and I can play a role in that. It's so satisfying. The salary is nice. Actually, the work with people is just fantastic. It's no, it does. It makes me feel really, 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 I'm, I'm just you know, so happy, really, I guess, you know. Well, it's indescribable, really, but, but I, yeah, so, so happy. It, it, it makes me feel proud that yeah, I've done a, a good job, but more important to me, that person has got better. And for me, that's where the joy and the pleasure of this is, you know, is actually seeing that person's functioning again. They're happy. You know, their life is so much better. They can go on, they can live a full life now. 
that's, it, it can't get better than that, it really can't. So my son, my oldest son was born 23 years ago. Quite quickly after he was born, we realized that, that he was something different. And it didn't take too long to start looking at autism. It wasn't something I knew anything about, but I quickly developed an understanding of it. Now, in my conversion from, from working within the uh, Job Centre Plus to working for the NHS, I took a counselling course, which included a lot of self-reflection, and we had to write self-reflective reports at the end of each session. And as part of that, I'd been developing the notion that perhaps I might be autistic myself. And 10 years ago, when I was 53, I did in fact get a diagnosis of autism. And that was, it was a relief. It explained a lot of things. It certainly explained my father and our whole family background. Um, and my son then, 14, then went on to get his own diagnosis a few months later. Since then, my knowledge of autism and neurodiversity in general has expanded immensely. Um, and it, that really has given me some insight working with the, the hundreds of patients that we're working with every month and the large numbers of neurodiverse autistic people that we have coming into services. And, and it's been my passion really to, to try and make things better for autistic and otherwise neurodiverse people coming into services and colleagues, staff and colleagues who are also neurodiverse and may be hidden, don't know about it. But it's been an absolute passion for me and it's, I've been so pleased that I've been able to work um, for the last, say, five, six years, really pushing the autism agenda within our service and been given the ability to do so. Right. Okay, so, so I think in common with a lot of autistic people, and I pick this up, I've, I follow autistic uh, Twitter basically, and there are lots of autistic people commenting on Twitter. So I get a lot of insight from that. And the people that I've worked with within the service, and we've identified and we've worked on the fact that they are probably autistic, there is an immense sense of relief. It brings understanding when you can when you can use the lens of autism to look at behaviours that they might have, um, cognitive problems that they might have, difficulties that they've had with maybe social interactions or work situations, which have been very confusing for people. It, it just opens up a huge amount of understanding and you can start to make sense of stuff that happened to you as a child that's happening to you as an adult. You can start to look at the things like sensory impact, etc. understand that certain environments cause difficulty. Certain ways that we communicate as autistic people cause difficulty for people who aren't autistic. Double empathy problem. But, it, but if you can get that understanding, then you can start to break down those barriers. You can help other people understand why we have certain difficulties. Um, I see that as being my role now. I think it's incredibly valuable. It, it, neurodiverse staff can bring a whole new dimension um, if we're embraced and our... We do have different abilities. We work, our brains work in different ways and we can come up with often very creative solutions to problems, etc.
And I'm really, really pleased that, that within our trust, we, I'm a member of the Inclusion Council, I was a, the, the found, one of the founding members, in fact the, the founding member for the Neurodiversity Staff Network, which is now part of Combined Ability, alongside our, our otherwise disabled um, partners, um, other staff. I work on the Inclusion Council and as a consequence of that I'm also involved in, in a number of other things uh, such as diverse recruitment initiatives, um, we're looking at a buddy system for, for new recruits, so all sorts of supportive ways of helping neurodiverse and disabled colleagues um, and I'm really, you know, I, I'm really grateful for the support that I've got from the board for that sort of thing. Um, you know, staff in general should know that you know, our board is really, really positive about all these sort of aspects and want to make this work. And I, you know, there, there are projects going on where we, we, we are going to make it work. So that is Ben's story. We hope you enjoyed the insight to Ben's story. It's quite inspirational seeing how he took on neurodiversity. This isn't our first podcast where we've done an insight to a member of staff. So if you're interested in more, then check out our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. It's good to see that Ben took his autism in the right direction and created a path for anyone with neurodiversity to feel supported in the trust so thank you ben for sharing that story with us and as i said you can check out other episodes of combinations on those platforms and we do have some very interesting interviews to come on combinations and don't forget to follow us on your favorite platforms to keep up to date with what we're doing at north staffordshire combined healthcare nhs trust and we hope to see you in two weeks time